0: And if it's your, this is your first Sunday here, welcome home. Come on, let's give all of our guests a hand. Hope you feel welcome and at home today. All right, I want to continue kind of uh, what we started last week, and I guess you can kind of think of it as part two. Last week, we talked about the prodigal son, and we actually talked about prodigal sons, that... In the parable of the prodigal sons, both the younger brother and the older brother were far from God, and both of them needed to be reconnected with the father. And if you don't know, uh, or maybe you've forgotten about this, this parable, and a parable is a short story that Jesus would tell to prove a point. It says that one day there were Pharisees and there were tax collectors and sinners listening to Jesus. And he tells this parable about a father who had two sons. And the younger son turns 18 and goes wild. He asks for his father's portion of the inheritance, basically saying, Dad, drop dead. I want my money now. And he goes and he spends it on riotous living, as the Word of God says. And he reaches rock bottom. And he reaches a point where he realizes that his best days were in the father's house and that there's always enough in the Father's house. And he comes home, and the Father, when the first sign that he sees that he is coming, he runs to him. How many of those, that's the heart of God, to run to repentant sinners. And he runs to him, and he greets him, and he puts, on his, puts a coat on, he puts a ring on his finger, and he throws a party, because what was lost is now found. And his older brothers in the field, and he hears this party going on, and he has an attitude because he, all the time, the younger brother was gone. He had obeyed the rules. He had, uh, you know, done everything right. He was quote unquote the good son, and he had never had a party. But here, this spoiled brat comes home, and we are killing the fatted calf. We are. Uh, having Ruth Chris steaks and we are going all out and he has an attitude because he feels cheated because he kept the rules and he did everything right. And we talked about what elder brother religion looks like. We talked about an elder brother attitude his heart was just as far away from God. The only reason he stayed in the Father's house was so he could get what the Father could give him. It wasn't because he loved God. It was because he just didn't want to go to hell. And so I want to build on that today. and I want to preach today on how not to be an elder brother. Come on, does anybody not want to be an elder brother? Is Is anybody awake out there? Come on, just clap your hands, let me know. Hope you didn't give all your energy away yet. I don't want to be a prodigal, but I also don't want to have an elder brother spirit. And it is a spirit, and it's something all of us have to battle. All of us have to be on guard for. Because the longer we're in the Father's house... The long, the easier it is to have a elder brother spirit. And so I want to give us some points today on how we can not get an elder brother spirit, how we can avoid a spirit of religion. And what I mean by that is this is it's okay to be religious. All of us here today are religious to some extent or another. We don't worship religion, we don't worship what we do. We worship Jesus, amen. We worship the Father. So the first way that we can avoid having this spirit, having this attitude is number one, obey God with joy. Obey God with joy. It's your pleasure to obey him. It's your pleasure to know what pleases him. And we see a clue As to the the mindset of the elder brother in Luke chapter 15 at the end of this parable in verse 28, it says, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. I'm not going in the party. I'm not going to pretend like I'm happy he's back. I'm not happy he's back and I'm I'm not going to just pretend like everything's hunky-dory. And so his father went out and pleaded with him. And and I just want to stop here and and I want to say, isn't it great that we have a God who loves the younger brother and the older brother too? God has grace for people who struggle with this. Because I think at one point in our life, we all do. And and look what the father says. He says, look, all these years... I'm sorry, look at what the the older brother says to the father. He says, look, all of these years, I've been what? Slaving "Slaving for you. I've never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Notice how he views obedience. I'm slaving for you. And, And people with the older brother's spirit don't have joy because everything they do is to please people. Everything they do is about pretenses. Everything that they do is a have to. And they have no joy in serving God. It's a drudgery. It's, oh, I have to do that again. I have to lead that ministry again. I have to teach that class again. I have to see those people again. I have to greet those people again. And and here's what we need to do. We need to serve the Lord with gladness. Psalm 100, verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. How many are glad to be here today? How many are glad to be in the Father's house that it is your pleasure? You're like a Chick-fil-A worker. It's, It's your pleasure to serve. It's your pleasure to greet those people. It's your pleasure to teach that class. It's your pleasure to be about your father's business. I want to tell you, whenever you reach a point in life where things that used to give you joy are a drag, that's when you know that elder brother spirit is coming in you. And I I love what Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord... Delight yourself in the Lord. Don't delight yourself in the reward. Delight yourself in the Lord. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. I need like a little mix kit. Sucker, sucker, sucker. Come on, laugh. That was was funny. That was funny. (laughs) Delight yourself in the Lord, not your reward. That's where we get off track when we start focusing, okay, God, you owe me. Okay, God, I've taught this class for five years. I want a promotion. I want something, you know, to, I can be recognized or something, right? Don't delight yourself in that, but delight yourself in the Lord and He will walk, give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. Single people, delight yourself in the Lord and He will provide the right mate. Working moms and dads, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you that promotion. And, time. and and that's where we have to keep our focus on. I'm, I'm delighting myself in who God is. And you know what he does? He gives us the right desires. This verse isn't saying delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you that new Cadillac. That's not what this is about. It's delight yourself in the Lord. And when I delight myself in the Lord, what he changes my desires. He gives me a heart for the Father's house. That was the problem with the older brother. His, his body was in the father's house, but his heart was far away. And when you delight yourself in the father, you will see your desires change. You will see that which you used to lust after God. dissipates and you have a desire to please God, amen. People who are obedient with a chip on their shoulder just an absolute horror to be around, isn't it? have you ever asked somebody to do something and you can just tell they have a chip on their shoulder about it? And and at at the end of the day, it's like, I I wish I would have just done it myself. Because I I, I don't want to have to deal with the attitude. And that's an elder brother spirit. I'll do it, but... And we just need to have an attitude that says, "I can't believe God asked me to do that. It's my pleasure, and it's my joy that God would ask me to do this." And that doesn't mean we say yes to everything. That's not what I'm insinuating. But when God leads us to an opportunity and an open door, and maybe it's not always fun, and listening in yesterday to the CR inside sessions, they were talking about, you know, prison ministry is not always fun. Imagine that. But somebody has to do it. And I'm glad that that, that, that the men that lead our CR inside and our prison ministry, they do it with joy. They can't wait to go in and see what life will be changed, to see who will be next to be baptized. Come on, how many has a heart for the kingdom today? How many wants to do the will of God with joy? So elder brothers, they have an attitude. They have no joy because they're constantly doing things they don't want to do. But they're doing it. Number two. Number two, the second way to avoid this elder brother spirit is, is be intentional about encouraging others. Be intentional about encouraging others. Now, I want you to think about this. Could it be possible that the younger brother left to get away from his older brother? He saw the example that had been set, and he said, you know, if if that's what looks like a, a Christian, what a Christian looks like, I don't want it. If that's what the Father's house is about, I don't want it. If it's about, you know, just trying to survive until Jesus comes, trying to survive until I die, and hopefully I go to heaven, and... If that's what, I want to enjoy my life. I don't want that. And could it be that, that, that the older brother could have spared him had he encouraged him? That when he hears these conversations between the younger brother and dad and when he sees the younger brother starting to pack his stuff, if he would have said, hold on, you need to think about this. You, you need to take a time out here and, and you need to really think about what you're doing. And, and uh, what, what if it's possible that the older brother was actually happy that the younger brother left? Because the younger brother's competition. And we don't need his kind around here anyway. And and Jude 22 and 23 came to my mind this week. And it says this, have mercy on those who doubt. I just want to stop right now. There's a big movement right now among young Christians, and it's called deconstruction. And it's the cool thing to do right now to to poke holes in the Christian faith. And it's cool right now to come out and say, I used to believe this, but I don't believe it anymore. And you know what Jude says? For those people have mercy on them. Have mercy on them. And he says, save others by snatching them out of the fire. What's that mean? When we see somebody going the wrong direction, we grab them by the shirt collar and say, wait a minute. You need to think about this. Listen, younger brother, it's not worth it. It's not worth risking your soul over. And he says, to others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. I like the way the message puts it. He says, go easy on those who hesitate on the faith. Go after those who take the wrong way. Be tender with sinners, but not soft on sin. The sin itself stinks to high heaven. I'm not saying that anything goes. I'm saying everyone comes. Everyone comes. And we need to, we need to keep a, a, a mindset of encouraging people. How many knows people have been beat up enough? The good Samaritan, we, if you've heard the parable, this man is on a journey and he gets robbed and beaten up. And two religious people come by and they refuse to touch him. And the reason they've refused to touch him is because they were afraid that they would become unclean because they were too holy. But this Samaritan comes and Samaritans, they were people, their their doctrine wasn't all right and they had some weird beliefs about God. But one thing this Samaritan knew, I've got to help this person. He's been beat up enough. And come on, we don't need to discourage people We need to encourage people. We need to lift them up. Even if they've had a bad week, we say, you know what? You're not gonna stay there. I'm gonna pick you up. I'm gonna snatch you out of the fire. Come on, this is a heart. This is a church with a heart for prodigals. How many's believing God for a revival of prodigals? Believing God for a revival of, of young people that's walked away, they're gonna come back in Jesus' name. Come on, some of you need to believe right now for lost sons and daughters. Need to believe right now. They're, they're confused right now, but they're gonna come. They're gonna come to their senses. I think think of Jonah, you know, God sent Jonah to Nineveh and he was very dramatic, you know. He runs from God, gets swallowed by a fish. The fish vomits him on the shore. He actually ends up in Nineveh and and like there's this weird twist of the story. He preaches to Nineveh and they repent and he's actually really upset that God forgives them. See, Jonah had that elder brother spirit. Like, are you kidding me, God? Uh, like, I got swallowed by a fish. <laughs> and all these people do is say that they're sorry and, and you're not going to judge. Like, part of Jonah wanted a front row seat to see that town get nuked. And I, I want to, warn, we have to get rid of that attitude in our life. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I can't wait for God to judge San Francisco. Really? Is that the heart of God? I want to say this. There's a story in the news right now. Brittany Griner. She's a basketball player, and she went to Russia, and what she did wasn't right. It was illegal, and she's suffering the consequences. But I'm seeing like the comments by Christians who are like glad, and it's like, well, serves her right for what she said about our country, and it's like. does every person that says something wrong deserve nine years in a Russian prison? And and, and I'm not defending what she did. I'm not defending that at all. What I'm just asking is to say this. What's the heart of God for her? What if that was your daughter? And my fear is in our Facebook culture, everything's become a meme. And what we've got to realize is she's a real person. With a soul, with real parents and friends. And and the heart of the Father is, He wants her spiritually to come home. He wants to see her saved. And, and, And we need to really think twice before we're harsh and we say, They got what they deserved. She was asking for it, right? That, that's, that's the reflex. What, what if some people prayed for her? I know, a novel idea. Instead of making cheap political points on Facebook, what if we prayed, God, uh, work in her life right now. Use this situation to connect her to you. If I were her dad, that's what I would want. Right, right. Come on, I feel like I'm hitting a nerve right now. That's an elder brother spirit that gets on Facebook and get them, got them. good, squash them. And this is a house for wayward sons. This is a house where prodigals can come home and you don't have to worry about elder brothers Woo! bullying you. Which leads me to point number three. We we gotta have, to, to keep this spirit out of our life, we gotta have mercy and grace for others. Mercy and grace. James 2, 12 says, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs judgment. What's that mean? It means whenever possible, however possible, show mercy. And sometimes there has to be consequences. I'm not not saying that, not refusing that. But our reflex should be mercy. Our reflex should not be judgment. Our reflex should be mercy. You know why? Because that's God's reflex to you is that when we ask for mercy, he gives it. And and mercy and grace, they're a little bit different. Mercy is about not giving people what they deserve. And grace is about empowering people to be better. Amen? We want this to be a house of mercy and grace. And you know what grace is? Grace is, you know what? You were created for more than that. You weren't created to sin like that. You were created for something greater. Jesus told the woman caught in adultery. He said, where where are your accusers? He said, now go and what? Sin no more. He showed her mercy and he showed her grace. And grace says, you don't have to be happy to sin like that. And, And mercy is not something that the elder brother's good at. He has a harsh spirit. A harsh spirit. He's keeping score and he loves to bully people who don't meet his expectations. And really, what it's about is about shaming. It's about publicly embarrassing people who don't meet your expectations and somehow thinking that's gonna help them. Can I, can I just stop you right here? That does not help, that turns people away from God. A harsh spirit turns people away from God and, and we aren't in the business of shaming people because Jesus never shames us Jesus never embarrasses us and shame look, works like this it, it's a, in a religious context and it looks like telling people how disappointed you are in them and really what it is is a spiritual manipulation and, and You know, we probably all heard stories. I've heard stories. I've met people who made a mistake in their life and they were made to publicly come up front at church and confess all the details. How did we ever think that was a good idea? It's called shame. It's called tell us you're trash so we can feel better about ourselves. Not gonna happen in this house. We can confess one to another, but we're not gonna turn this into the Jerry Springer show, amen? Because we have a high priest that we can go to and he can handle anything we throw at him. It's the Holy Spirit's job to fix people, not mine. I love what Billy Graham said. He said, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to judge and my job to love. And sometimes loving includes telling people the hard truth. So we want to avoid uh, this harsh spirit that tries to make people feel inferior, tries to create a separate class of sinners. The Word of God says there is no temptation that's not common to man. What's that mean? There are no exceptional sinners. And I I want to say something. There's another way that this spirit manifests Sometimes it's in a religious context, but right now the elder brother spirit is alive and well in wokeism, right. Right. and that is that looks like this: is that there's these unwritten politically correct rules, and if you don't obey every one of them, you're shamed. You know, if if you don't have a Black Lives Matter flag in your front yard, you must be a white supremacist. How many? That, that's a bunch of junk. And, and what that is, it's that same spirit, except it's just disguised in a worldly way. And it's a self-righteous spirit. And we need to reject it. We need to reject that. If you don't call somebody by their pronouns, you're a correct pronouns, you're a horrible person. That, that is, is a, a satanic form of legalism and an elder brother spirit. And I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Yeah. And when we see this right now, the spirit, there's no mercy in grace and wokeism. You say the wrong thing or it comes out the wrong way. You're canceled on social media. You're, uh, it's almost like you don't exist. And, and there's no forgiveness forever. There's no atonement in, in that system. There's no way. I, I just read about a singer a few weeks ago who had the audacity to, to suggest that maybe there really are some biological differences between men and women. And I saw that and I said, give it 24 hours. And here came the Pharisees who told her that that is almost an unforgivable statement in 2022. And within 24 hours, she repented. She said she was sorry. And I guess she's maybe a little bit back into the fold now. How many knows that that's, that's, that's sick? That's wrong. It's wrong to, to uh, w- whether it's in a religious context or, or in that context, to have a harsh spirit like that. And, and here's what I want to say. The elder brother's favorite memory of you is your biggest mistake. And, and I'm asking right now, don't remember me my, my biggest mistake. Don't remember me by the time I offended you the most. Have some mercy and grace for one another, amen? That that would change our society if we had a little bit of mercy and grace. And when we hear this in wokeism, you need to do the work, right? If you say something wrong, that's the big buzzword now. You need to do the work. And how many knows, yeah, we want to make ourselves better. And I'm, I'm not in the business of intentionally just trying to offend people. How many knows Jesus did all the work? Right. That Jesus, when he said, it is finished, that the work was completed. And I don't need your permission. I don't need you to give me a like on Facebook for me to be vindicated because Jesus vindicated me on Calvary. Come on, somebody thank him for Calvary and the finished work right now. That's why I have mercy. That's why I have mercy and grace for other people because James says, the mercy we give, the mercy we get back. Point number four, we wanna let our works glorify Jesus and not ourself. Everything we do when to give glory to Jesus not ourselves. Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is heaven. He says we, we should be motivated to love God and obey God and serve God so that people will come to Jesus, so that people will see there's something different in them that makes me wanna be closer to God. Verse 6-1, he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. Here's what you have to understand. The elder brother spirit is all about rewards. And here's what we have to know is that if I do what I do for you, my reward is limited to what you can give me, which is temporary. But when I do what I do for God, my reward is eternal because he is a God who when you do things in secret, he will reward you eternally. That should be my motivation is I wanna do the will of the Father to bring people into the kingdom of God. I hesitate to say this, but I think I am we we got to be careful about tooting our own horn. And, and, and even a few minutes ago, like, I'm so incredibly humbled and honored by what happened here yesterday, that like God used this church in a cornfield to bring people from the Midwest to go into prisons. Come on, let's give God praise for that. Yeah. But here, here's something we have to constantly be reminded: it's not about us. Right. Amen. It's about Jesus. And I, I saw a sermon clip this week, and I'm just—it it bothered me. And I'm really hesitant to to criticize pastors, and, and you know, we got these Instagram sites now that will take like a 30 second clip of a pastor and like make him look really stupid because in 30 seconds, you know, you can make the context of anything what you want it to be. So I'm really hesitant to say this, but I was watching this sermon and this guy was preaching his heart out and he was talking about things that if you really love God, you'll do this. And one of them is if you really love God, you'll sit on the front row. Now, I did the math this week Somebody's got to sit in the back. I want us to look at those lovely people in the balcony. God loves you. And I'm all for, you know, that we want to be close to the action. And some people need to sit on the front row. I don't know, maybe we could all like sit on laps or something. Or we could create a design where it's just like a big circle and everybody's in the front row and we're all saved, right? We all love Jesus. Uh, It reminds me of a really embarrassing story sitting on laps. You guys want to hear it? Ah, okay. So, So Danielle and I are in Ireland. This has absolutely nothing to do with the prodigal son, the elder, complete rabbit trail right now. And if anybody turns this into Instagram, the judgment of God. I think I'm pointing like right over here. So uh, Danielle and I were in in Ireland at this church and they're having like a big anniversary celebration and uh, they were having a game of musical chairs and they like insisted we play. We were like, oh, no, 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 we'll watch you guys. So they insisted we play, and you don't wanna be rude, right? It turns out I am really good at musical chairs. Like I have (laughs) cat-like reflexes. (laughs) Danielle is not good at musical chairs. (laughs) She was eliminated pretty quickly, but like I just kept going. And there was, you know how, I don't know what the, the, I guess, I don't know if there's like Irish rules to musical chairs, but the way they played, like if you landed on somebody's lap, you could keep playing. (laughs) And uh, it ended up, I had like three Irish young ladies on my lap. (laughs) And I could just feel these lasers (laughs) coming from Danielle's eyes. And I'm like, well, I can't help I'm good at this game, you know? <laughs> you know that, that uh, you know in Revelation where it says like fire is coming out of Jesus' eyes, that's what it looked like. <laughs> Young men, let me, let me give you some good marriage advice. Young, newly wedded men, if you're ever in Ireland and they play musical chairs, eliminate yourself quickly. <laughs> Not worth it okay, where was so, so back to this sermon, and then, then, then he says i 'm so glad I belong to a church where preachers don 't wear beards, and like the place goes bananas, like people jumping, people pumping their fists, and i 'm feeling convicted. I, I promise this will be gone. You, half of you can 't even see it anyway see <laughs> it 'll be gone next week but but, but people like, really getting pumped up about, and, and I'm glad that I belong to a church where the preacher wears neckties and people running aisles. And I think we have to be careful about celebrating stuff that has nothing to do with the cross. As, if, 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 next week, I'm going to shave and wear a tie, I promise. You. But if we're going to shout, let's shout about who Jesus is. The one true, the only God, the only Savior who came down to earth. And let's glorify him. And I want, I want to say this. There's, I'm, I'm going to offend everybody right now. But there's also this movement like, like your, your pastor has to wear cool sneakers or, or you're not relevant enough. We need to hit eject, flush, down the toilet. It, it doesn't matter. You preach the truth, preach the love of God, preach the word of God. Let's stop focusing on stuff that's not eternal. I, I don't care what sneakers I have on. I don't care how expensive my suit is or isn't. Let's just get people in the Father's house. Let's, let's care about what's eternal. I got a lot of stuff off my chest in point four. I'm glad that was, that was productive. Point number five, celebrate whoever God celebrates. Celebrate whoever God celebrates. Luke 15, seven. So it's just so I tell you, there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Those of us have been here for a while, the party's not for us. Come on, Thursday night, I was on the way home from being with Bishop in Springfield and Brett texts me and says, hey, you need to stop in and we got two people to get baptized. Come on. That's what it's all about. My man, Oliver, from... Do y'all know we have a, a, a German church member, Oliver? He watches and commutes from Germany. He got baptized Thursday. Come on, give God praise, somebody. Let's have a party in this place. And here's what I want to tell us. And what the father wants the elder brother to know. Son, you're welcome to come in. But if you don't, the party will go on. And we're not going to stop the party because you have an attitude. We're not going to get your opinion. We're going to celebrate what was lost. Is now found. And here's what I gonna tell us whether we go to the party or not, church, God's gonna have one. And I don't know about you, but I wanna be a part of it. I wanna be a part of what God's doing. I don't wanna have an attitude that's hung up on stuff that's in two years isn't gonna matter, a hill of beans. I wanna be in what God's doing in our prisons. I wanna be involved in what God is doing in every ministry of this church because that is the heart of the Father is to find what is lost and bring them home. Come on, can we stand to our feet right now? Come on, can we just lift up our hands and say, God, rid me, God, of any attitudes, God, that are harsh. God, I pray, Lord, that we would have a life-giving spirituality That we would have a life-giving spirit, Lord. Lord, that's attractive. When people see us, God, they they see somebody that, yes, is obedient, but is not harsh. That is serious, but not unapproachable. Lord, I pray that this house would be a house where there's always a party. Amen. Cause what is lost is found. I, I just want to open up these altars right now. Maybe you're a prodigal. Maybe you've walked away. I want to tell you, you haven't gone too far. I want to tell you, nobody's here keeping score. There's grace for you. There's grace in this house today. and Maybe, maybe you're here today and you haven't done any of the big sins like the prodigal son, but it's just been a while since you've connected with God. It's been a while. And that elder brother spirit has robbed you of the joy of the Lord. Come down to this altar today. Ask God to give you a delight in him and he will give you the desire.